Hello, and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. If my voice sounds different or bad right now, that is because I currently have COVID, and today's episode is not going to be what I had planned because even my best laid plans have to change sometimes. Just to tell you what we were going to do, my husband and I had been in the process of taking a fun couples trip. We were going to visit our big kids who are finishing up at summer camp. They had visiting day. And after that, we were going to go on our own little couples retreat for a few days. And I had convinced him to do an episode with me about his planning techniques. However, when we went to do our pre-test to go see the kids at camp, He was extremely positive for COVID, despite having only very minimal symptoms the day before that we thought were allergies. Anyway, he ended up getting sicker. He's fine now. And then I tested positive and started feeling bad approximately three days after he did. So this stuff is contagious. I'm starting to feel slightly better, but just not totally with it. And I know my voice doesn't sound very good. So instead of forcing myself to put together a new episode for you guys, I'm going to air an episode that was, I got a lot of positive feedback from several months ago. It's about planning to get through harder times. And it was inspired by a tough call week I had. I'm happy to report that the the last call week I had was much better. And I do feel like I employed a number of these techniques. So I guess some of this advice really can work sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, this has been kind of a a lesson in understanding that things aren't always going to go as planned, but I still don't regret putting the plans together because honestly, we planned a lot of really fun things this summer and I had to come to terms with the idea that probably not all of it was going to come to fruition, but a lot of it has. And that is comforting when some things haven't. All right, I'm not going to make you listen to this voice anymore. Instead, I will transition back a few months, and I hope you enjoy this re-air. I hope to be back with a fresh episode next week. Hello, and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hardunger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. So today I'm going to talk about the topic lessons from a hard week because I just had a pretty hard week and I do feel like there were some things I can share that I thought a lot about as the week went on and that I hope to maybe put into practice next time. I think maybe some people listening to this podcast who don't know me in real life may think that I have everything under control at all times because I love to plan. And anybody who does know me who listens to this podcast knows that that is certainly not the case. I am pretty high functioning, I would say, and I'm pretty proactive, but I have a lot of balls in the air and I can be emotional during more stressful times. So just in case anyone thinks that life is easy, if you are an upholder and have an organized planner, I am here to tell you that there are still many challenges along the way. And part of that is because I, as I've said, I like to do a lot of things, but part of that is because even when I'm not doing a lot of things, there are just some phases that are incredibly challenging. Phases like after you first have a baby, that's a really hard and stressful time because all of a sudden you're responsible for someone 24-7, everything becomes unpredictable, you become tired, 
it's just a really challenging time, almost universally. I'm not sure anyone would ever say that, you know, those first few weeks after having a newborn are easy or go smoothly. Well, maybe there are some people like that, but (laughs) I don't think there's that many of them. And then there are times that my job might be, maybe that's one of the only things that I'm doing, or perhaps thinking back to my residency years, I didn't have that many other responsibilities, but there were some months that were just incredibly intense and required a lot of work. Months where I had to take overnight call or just didn't get very many days off. And then thinking about even times when the stress is more self-imposed, like perhaps you have a big high stakes stakes exam coming up and you need to spend a lot of time preparing and you know that it's a really big deal how well you do on set exams. So even though your schedule for studying or preparation might be self-imposed, it doesn't mean it still doesn't take a lot out of you. Anyway, so all different kinds of hard weeks can be had by many people. I recognize that compared to many, my life probably doesn't, you know, is really easy in many other ways. I have a lot of resources. So I do recognize that privilege and that even though I find my job challenging, there are a million jobs out there or combinations of jobs that are even harder. So this is also certainly not to say like, woe is me, because I know I have a ton going for me in terms of ways I can get help, ways I can get support, my family structure, etc. So that's my like intro and set of disclaimers, but I did just finish a pretty stressful week. So in my profession, I'm a pediatric endocrinologist, at least that's kind of half of my real job. I see patients and I occasionally have to take call. I actually take call less than many of my colleagues because the other half of my job is as program director and I have time specifically earmarked for that. But I still have like six or seven weeks of the year that I am on call 24-7 for the week. And those weeks can be really, really challenging because, well, at least for me, it kind of pushes a lot of my buttons. I go from having a fair amount of control over my time to having very little because when you are on call for a clinical specialty like mine, you're kind of available for anybody that might need your help pretty much any hour of the day or night. And sometimes those people who need your help might be other providers. They might be patients in the hospital. So you might have to get um, speak with nurses or put in orders. And then sometimes you get calls from patients who need your help during the night. So all of that is completely valid. And I know that being on call serves a really great purpose, but it doesn't mean that it's easy or fun for me while I'm doing it because it's just, it is a lot of hours in the ro- in a row where I sort of can't count on my time really. And I don't know. It's kind of like a jack in the box (laughs) in a way. Like I, you know, my phone's sitting there and I'm distracted by thinking about when it will go off and it often does go off and my sleep gets interrupted and it's just hard. We also see outpatients during those times and you kind of have to do a lot of multitasking because as you're seeing patients, sometimes you're getting texts and pages from the hospital and it's just a challenging week for me. I guess that's, that's enough of a description. So you get what I'm saying. But it's part of my job. It's an important part of my job. There are certainly other ways things might be able to be structured to make things a little bit easier and some ideas that I have. But for now, this is, you know, how it works and how it's worked for a long time. So rather than trying to change what is, I am working on gaining more acceptance of the situation and working on ways to make those weeks as bearable as possible. Because I do find myself currently a lot of times just sort of wishing those minutes away. And I just think that's such a sad 
way to live life, our precious life, that we don't know how many weeks of it we have left. So I thought of a few things and I made a little list at the end of the week, helped by many amazing blog readers who provided suggestions after I had kind of a ranting post about my call week. A lot of people wrote in some thoughts. So I incorporated those into this list as well. And this list is not just things that you might do to make your call week easier. It could apply to a lot of different, more tough situations, perhaps a busy season at work, a time when your child is ill, um, that newborn baby period, and probably a million other scenarios that I'm just an injury, you feeling sick, another sick family member, just so many scenarios, too many to name. All right. So the first one, and by the way, this podcast is Best Laid Plans. The reason that this fits in with the content, I believe, is because there's a huge intersection with planning and intentionality and getting through hard times, and also perhaps giving ourselves permission to let go of some of our previously best laid plans. And so that's why I think this is relevant, even though this is not our typical planner review or discussion of how to lay out your week, your month, etc. Okay, so lesson one. You can temporarily be excused from your habits if they do not serve you during a period of time. I know I've talked about excusing you from a lot of things recently, keeping planners, filling out every page of a planner, etc. I am not saying that you need to let go of all of your habits or to stop goal setting because I still think those are very valuable practices that do serve me a lot of the time, but they don't really serve me when Executing on those habits is just nearly impossible or if the habits conflict with one another. So for example, I really want to get good sleep because I know my brain works better when I get good sleep and having your brain work is important when you are on call and putting in orders for patients. However, I also really want to fit in workouts. And you know what? Those two things are really as much as I would like to tell myself the story that you can do both of those things every day. You can't when you're getting called in the middle of the night. So I have to like intentionally think about which habits I should let go of during periods of time when I am on call. And again, this might apply to you in all different kinds of stressful situations. Maybe once your baby is born, doing an elaborate morning routine. I mean, this is kind of obvious, but you're going to want to think about how you can strip that down to serve you during that time. For me, I was thinking specifically about getting up early. I love my morning routine. I have a lot of habits I like to do in the morning. But during my call weeks, they do not serve me. It is better if I sleep until the last minute so I can get up and help my kids get to school on time, but not really waste any other precious minutes of sleep time because the most common times that I get called are like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and that is not conducive to waking up at five in the morning. And I just have to accept that because I'll be better than living in a state where what I want to do is sort of conflicting every day and acting like it's a surprise (laughs) when it's not. Okay. We're going to take a quick break before we get to item number two, and I will be right back. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Prep Dish. If you're headed into a busy spring, and aren't we all, I definitely think it's worth taking a look at what Prep Dish has to offer. I personally have been using Prep Dish for years now to plan our family's meals. It is truly so much easier and better than what I could come up with on my own. Every Friday, I receive a new weekly meal plan straight to my inbox. This includes an ingredient list, a prep plan, and all the recipes you need for the week. There are separate plans for gluten-free, paleo, low-carb, and super fast. And now they've even added a protein boost option. For years, we've been using the super fast menu as a scaffold for our weekly dinner plans. 
I love that I can easily make adaptations or substitutions if I need to, but also the recipes are genuinely really well thought out and truly taste great. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to check it out. So this is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. Check out prepdish.com slash plans for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash plans for your first two weeks free. If you try it, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back with item number two, things to remember when you're going through an extra busy time. Number two is that simple self-care means a lot, and that means taking care of the absolute basics to keep your body alive. To me, these are food, water, and sleep. Actually, not just to me, probably to like every human. I would probably add temperature regulation in there, but I have that one pretty well nailed down. But food, sleep, and water. I had one day last week where I subsisted on stale chips, graham crackers, and peanut butter, I did not have to. There was plenty of food that could have been available to me, but like in the moment, I didn't have time to even make a like Uber Eats order and meet the person to pick it up, or maybe I just didn't have the bandwidth that day. And you know what? My energy was completely shot by the end of that day, and it just made me feel sad and not taken care of. I did better the rest of the week because I kind of came up with a plan for the day, but I really vow here and now that the next time I am on call, I will bring in a bag of food the very first day. My week starts on a Tuesday, so that first day I can prep with groceries and have several frozen meals available. I can have snacks. I can have things to drink so I don't get dehydrated. And I mean, that's not really that hard to do, but it does require some planning and forethought. But the way I've been doing things lately during call don't work. So I am encouraging you, if you are going into a finite hard period, think about your food and take care of yourself. The other thing is hydration that goes along with food. 
I have to force myself to drink. I know that the fad is so many planners have those little like water droplets where you can check off how much you drink. Normally, I don't have to think about that as much. When I'm on call, I really have to think about it because I will just walk around the hospital seeing people doing notes. Maybe I'll eat something when I get hungry, completely forget to drink water. And then I do have migraines and this will pretty much 100% trigger some kind of headache situation and it will be bad. So that's another thing. Plan ahead with that too if you want to think about it. Like I do when I did by the end of the week at least proactively drink a glass of water before I left for work as well as a glass of water like midday when I was eating lunch. And I had to make myself do that and actually like think about doing that. But it absolutely helped me get through the day. So think about your food, think about your hydration, and also think about your sleep. Now, if you have a newborn, obviously you're just going to laugh at that because your newborn's not sleeping all night. And so you can think about your sleep all you want, but it's just not available to you. I know those times are really, really, really hard, but at least think about the elements of sleep that are under your control. So if you have a newborn, it's probably worth sleeping in. If that's, you know, if your baby does that last feeding at 4.30 in the morning, that's not when you want to wake up at 5.30 to try to get that workout in. Like you have all, many years ahead of you to do morning workouts. This is not the time. Sleep until that last second when your baby needs you again. And it probably is going to help you function better in every other realm. I think Gretchen Rubin calls them foundation habits. So when you are in a time of stress, this is when foundation habits become incredibly important. All right, item number three, ask others for help and be very clear in what you are hoping for. Don't make people guess. I am in a very privileged and lucky spot where I do have childcare and I have a nanny who we've uh, had working with us for eight years now. So she knows our family incredibly well. And her hours are actually not nearly as much as when our kids were little because my kids go to school. We still employ her full-time because we need her full-time because if a kid gets sick or if something comes up, we just need her to be available. But that really means that she is happy and really she is happy to stay later on nights if I need her to stay later because her day starts so much later. And I already planning and I've told her that the next week I'm on call, we're just going to plan for her helping me with bedtime every night. That means that she might be working from like 2 to 3 p.m. until 8 p.m., which is very doable. And that will make things so much easier because instead I plan to do everything myself or sort of had this idea that, you know, maybe calm won't be that bad. So that's the other thing. Like, don't tell yourself the story that a stressful time isn't stressful it's taken me a really long time to just acknowledge that it usually is. And I'm not the nicest parent when I'm super stressed out. So better off making bedtime either her job or a collaborative effort for those six weeks per year. I have the other, I don't know, whatever 52 minus six is, 46 weeks per year to put my kids to bed. And I think they will be happier. All right, number four, don't be afraid to say no if someone is asking for favors during a hard week. So I get asked for favors fairly frequently. Now, part of that is because I probably do have more bandwidth than your average 100% clinical physician. So I am someone that maybe another division will go to to ask me to do an extra interview or attend some committee. And I say yes to a lot of things. But if someone's asking you to fit stuff in during a hard week or month or period, don't be optimistic and be like, well, that day might not be that bad. No, if you know it's gonna be hard, you know what? The worst case scenario is you say no to something and you actually end up not being horrendously busy one day. But 
you really need to protect time that you know is going to be more stressful. So don't be afraid to say no to favors and try not to agree to do things the very moment you become free either. I mentioned our weeks go from like Tuesday to the following Monday. I should not put 15 obligations on the very next Tuesday because there's going to be some obligatory recovery time. My brain is never ready to, you know, jump in head first to five meetings in a row the very first moment that I'm not on call. So don't be afraid to just offer your services in the future when things are less crazy. Number five, if things feel like they are accumulating, start a separate list. You can call it after the storm or something. (laughs) So something that stresses me out when I'm on call is that sometimes a lot of little things will come up and I'll have to be like, well, I'm going to do that later and that later and that later and that later. But I'm capturing them like on my week when I'm still on call and I know there's this conflict because I know I won't actually get to them that week. They don't fit. There's no like obvious space to put them. Really, they're tasks for the future, but I don't want to really calendar them for the next week either. Probably best to not even tax your brain with triaging and scheduling and figuring out exactly when you're going to do all these individual things. Just make a very simple list. Again, I think after the storm is a lovely name or post-traumatic week syndrome. I don't know. I'm making things up. But some kind of way to delineate. These are things I'm not going to worry about now, but I will carefully go through one by one and figure out when and where I will fit them in after the fact. And then all you have to do is schedule one block, maybe on that day back or the day after, that that's when you're going to go through the list and assign everything. So I did not do that this time at all. In fact, we are going straight from my call week to a family trip. So, you know, again, I'm learning this too, and I'm going to get better with time. But I think that it's really important to just have some space on the agenda for that after the storm period to catch up on everything and to not force yourself to you know, plug everything in right as it's happening during that hard week. And then finally, number six is if you can plan in some future rejuvenating time. I was feeling really, really stressed out. And one thing that did help me to feel better in the middle of this stressful week was to delineate a three-day period um, about a month away when I will get to basically take a break and go on a little mini trip with a friend. I think it'll be really fun and rejuvenating and Just the act of putting that on my calendar, having it scheduled, and knowing that there will be a time in the future when I get to kind of reap the rewards of this hard work definitely did help my spirits a little bit. So if you're able to plan in some future rejuvenating time, it doesn't have to be a three-day trip. Maybe it's just a couple hours in the afternoon that you're going to go to a yoga class or take a walk or do something that is positive just for you, then that can be a lovely way to get through it and think of fun things in the future. All right, so that is it. That is the list I came up with that I am using to help myself through my next hard week. My next call week is in April, so I'm happy to report back. I honestly should listen to this episode as I head into that week to make sure I take care of myself in the way that I intend to because I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I seem to get amnesia every time and think, oh, you know, it's not so bad. But while you're in it, at least I'm just coming out of it. So I can tell you it did feel really, really stressful. And I think I just need to put my planning skills, which I do have into full throttle here and see if I can carve out ways of making the week a better one for me. So I would be so interested to know in your favorite ways of getting through a hard time, whether they are planning related or not, or perhaps somebody has an interesting story about ways in which 
either planning or other coping mechanisms have gotten them through a hard or challenging finite period of time, I would love to hear them. You could leave me a voicemail. If you go to the show notes page and scroll down, there's a way to leave a speak pipe message. So that's one way to do it. Or send me an email at shoeboxblog at gmail.com, S-H-U-B-O-X-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. Or you can leave a message on my blog. That's T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. And I do read every comment and email that comes to me. And I always respond to emails as well, though not always in the most timely fashion. So thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please tell a friend about Best Laid Plans or perhaps leave me a review or just reach out to me. I always love hearing from listeners and getting suggestions. I promise more planner reviews will be coming in the future, but I hope you enjoyed this concept episode today. Have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.